Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, Tran Hermostis, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. All right, Bailey, it's been a minute. This is the first time I've actually had you on to talk about business because we've had like friend chats on the podcast before, but we've never really talked about everything that's happened in your world, especially over the last year with quickies, which by the way, look what I'm wearing right now. Oh, I saw, I noticed, trust me. What ones are these? What am I wearing? You were wearing the glazed donut and the medium almond. You know, off by heart. I Obviously. <laughs> But there's so that some of them are similar to each other, and I never know. But I'm excited because you really, obviously, like we have watched. Well, I have watched you from the beginning when you were sort of like conceptualizing the idea of this. I remember sitting in the car with you, and you're like, "I just have this idea of doing something," and that wasn't all that long ago. From then to now, collaborate. It's now on Love Island. You're collaborating with one of the stars of Vanderpump Rules. We're seeing the brand is getting everywhere and it's becoming like this it brand of press on nails. And it's getting a lot of buzz, a lot of media attention. And all, all I can think about is how the heck does somebody go from this great idea, this thought that you talked about in a car a year and a half, two years ago, I guess it was, into a real live product that's out there. And I know there's a million steps to that, but first and foremost, how did you get out of it being a concept to being a real live thing? Oh God, there's a lot to unpack here. Initially, it was just an idea in my head because I was wearing press-ons at the time. It was like a COVID pandemic kind of idea because it was just a solution to my problem. And then everyone kept asking me about it. So I just was like, there's a gap in the market here. There's something. And I just realized how easy they were. I never wanted to go back. So I think for me, it was a little bit selfish that like motivated me to bring it to life. And I just started by testing products and like sending it to friends and like getting their feedback or like seeing what would work and what wouldn't, or like where the quality issues were and just like really kind of honing down the process and the product. But for me, as soon as I came up with the name, I'm such a branding nerd. And I know you know this about me. I knew it had to be something that felt very effortless and easy to market. 
not that marketing's easy, but just that I would be very creative around. And as soon as I came up with the name quickies, I was like, this is it. I can just think of so many ideas and it started snowballing. So I think for me, that was really the first step was just coming up with a brand and concept that I felt so incredibly motivated by. And then bringing the product to life itself was just a lot of R and D and a lot of sampling and a lot of figuring out what's R and D. Oh, sorry. Research and development. So yeah, trying different manufacturers, trying different shapes, different lengths, different materials, different packaging, different glue, different application processes. So it was finding what would last, what would work and what I really felt comfortable ultimately, like asking people to spend money on. Yeah. And it's interesting because I started wearing them around the time that you were doing some of the research. I remember you sent me a pair to try out and it was like one of the earlier stages of things. And I just remember thinking I've done press-ons before they suck. Like they only last for two days. It never looks good or clean. It never looks stylish. They just stick out like a sore thumb, no pun intended, but they just were like this thing that I remembered from my youth of trying to look like I had acrylic nails. And then at some point, I think when I was serving, you always had to have like really good nails. And I just went down this route of always getting my nails done. And then during COVID, like so many people didn't have them anymore, removed them. And I remember trying the quickies and I was like, okay, hold on. They actually lasted for my first set, which was like very probably poorly put on lasted a week. And I was like, huh, that's something because I'm somebody who I don't mind dropping. I don't, honestly, I don't, I've always budgeted for my nails. So I didn't never mind it dropping like 50 bucks on getting my nails done. What became the issue was finding three hours to get my nails done and finding a place that I could get in on, Mm -hmm. you know, when you break a nail and you needed to get in somewhere. And how did you get people to in this whole process? And as you're sort of doing the R and D now that I speak the lingo, how did you get people to get on board with trying it out? Because many people probably like me had bad experiences with press-ons. Like how do you get past people's own hesitancy into trying something new? Was it truly because of COVID and people being stuck, not being able to do their nails that sort of gave you this perfect window? That was definitely a huge part of it. And I agree with you. There's a very big stereotype around press-ons like even I had that when I first started trying them because I was like I just remember these being very dated or like thick and they didn't look natural or they were just like too blingy which isn't my personal style and I also remember them being like almost like double-sided tape so it was yes. not, yeah like they it would just like fit on your nails really and you had to they always had like a weird little pulley on the top because you were like yeah. them off of a piece of plastic it always looked sort of like you kind of slapped it together. And I only really ever tried press-ons because I was so desperate at the time because yeah. it was COVID. But then I quickly learned that what I remembered of press-ons had evolved. And that was what Quick Use was kind of born out of, was trying to bring it to the like mainstream trend and not be necessarily... I saw a lot of brands that were for like the it girl. I'm using like air quotations. And I wanted Quick Use to be very approachable to just anybody who wanted to try press-ons. I didn't want them to feel intimidated that they had to have a certain aesthetic or lifestyle or anything. And I think that was also something that really helped people feel more at ease and maybe trying the brand and the product. 
because I've always wanted our models to be very inclusive. I've used my grandma who's 98 and I use community members first and foremost for like our models, but I've used people with like H bots on their hands and things like that. So I've always just wanted people to see themselves in the product because I do know that there is a barrier in like getting people to try this, but I think COVID played a huge part in it because there was a need for a solution to going to nail salons at that time. And then people who did try the product saw how much time and money it would save them and how actually easy and good it looked on their nails. Mm -hmm. And then I think a lot of grassroots, like word of mouth really helped extend that reach. And that's still kind of what I rely on today. I know that press ones aren't going to be for everybody. That is okay. I have friends who are ride or die gel girls and they'll never wear the product and that's totally fine. Everybody has to do what works for them. But I think that this is a great solution to people who are looking to save time and money, or if like they are ride or die gel girlies and are going traveling, but don't have a nail tech for like the four weeks that they're away, they can take these with them. So they're, there's moments where it works for certain people. And I think it just depends on each person, but they're not the 1990 press-ons that we think. Yeah, no, for real. And like, I was, I would have said I was a ride and die dip girl and I had been wearing quickies for a while. And I went through this really bad anxiety period where I kept ripping off my nails. It didn't matter what they were. If they were shellac, if they were gel, if they were press-ons, I kept ripping them off. And dip was the only thing that I wasn't ripping off. And so I'd been wearing them for a while and I broke one. I broke one and I had no... I had no ability to get them fixed before we were heading to the CAFAs. And I went into my office and you had left a pack and just so happened to be this pearlescent pair or like set of white nails and it would perfectly match my outfit. And I spent all night grinding these dip nails off and putting on the press-ons and all night, anybody who came up to me, they didn't, they were asking about my dress. They were asking about my boots, but everyone was like, what color and what do I ask for to get these nails? And then I also realized that the entire week I wasn't picking and I actually was keeping them on. And now I'm like right back into the rhythm of it. I love the ease of my life that I have this like three hour appointment every three weeks that is gone from my schedule. It's been so amazing to see like, yeah, I like was using them. And then I went and I think the thing that we often don't acknowledge is when you go for gel nails or go for dip nails, you're like stuck in the cycle. you like, every time you get them removed, they're like putting them back on. Right. So you get caught in these cycles. And so breaking out of that, even accidentally really brought me back into, holy crap, these are amazing. We were heading to Mexico last week and I had your Katie Maloney collab and I was doing them in the airport. It took 15 minutes. And then we boarded the plane. I swam in the ocean. I was in pools. We were having a great time. And then I went on another trip the next week and I'm like, how are these actually staying on and staying held up? And people are a weekend still being like, oh my gosh, those are the coolest nails. And it just really made me be so, and I was like, every single time I'm like, my best friend has a nail, like these are press-ons. And I was like, so proud. It was almost like when you have a thrift store outfit and you're like, I thrifted this for $5. Like these are press-ons because I felt so passionate about the fact that I had broken out of this every three week cycle of these three hour appointments. I felt so excited that there was something that was working for me, even if there was like a season of time that it didn't. And I love that you let yourself sort of like acknowledge that people have individual tastes and that's not in offense of like your brand or what you've created. But I have to ask because I've seen very recently a lot of these older school brands are coming out with the press-ons and they're coming very to the forefront. And it's, how are you dealing with being sort of a small business that was doing this and now sort of 
the big fish are out. The big fish are out and they have their press on nails. And now you have a lot of competition. How are you staying ahead in this game? And not only that, but like really landing some stellar celebrity support and just staying on top of like your branding in a time where there's a lot of competition in the market. I'm just going to say it. Oh yeah. No, it's tough. And I mean, I think it's great in a weird way because I think it just shows that press ones really are here to stay and that there is like such a people need, they want quality and convenience and just like literally more convenience in their day-to-day life. So I think it's like when a new podcast comes out, it's not oversaturated. That's the perspective I'm trying to take anyways, but it is definitely harder because they have way more capital. They have way more of a consumer audience already. And then I am like a smaller fish in the sea, but I think cookies has such a community. Like for me, I've with anything I do, I have to have a why behind why I do it. And for me, it's always connection and community. And again, from inception of the brand, I always wanted us to have that feel of approachability and inclusivity. And from day one, we've always like marketed ourselves as for the girls, gays, they is like, it's not just for women. We work with drag Queens. And so I think for me, it's really just focusing and making sure everything ties back to that. But we also innovate in ways that a lot of these other companies aren't like, we're the only one who offers, like I personally, my biggest pet peeve with press-ons was the packaging. When I was buying it, it just felt so wasteful. It was like these plastic trays and then you couldn't take your nails with you. So we have a reusable recyclable travel zip pouch that you can take your nails literally anywhere. You can reuse it for your vitamins. I have a pack in my purse now. It's like part of my purse. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll put gum in it sometimes, like mints, like anything just because it, it really is a very functional packaging option. So like that's something we just really try and do things intentionally and different that gives our audience value no matter what, whether it's with the press-ons or beyond. And that's always going to be something that I continue to try and do with anything that we introduce. And I think that's kind of helped us build those relationships because it, people see that we're intentional. We're not just in this trying to grab someone's money. Like I will always want people to like have a satisfying quickie, like pun intended, (laughs) just things like that. Like I really, really care about every single person who like hops on the site, whether they check out or not. It, it means the world that someone's like taking time out of their day to just look at a brand that, like you said, at the top of this chat was just an idea and now the world. So I don't, yeah, I don't take that for granted. And I think not to say with the big companies that they do, but I think that can get lost because there's just a lot going on. Hey, Bestie, I'm Taylor. And I'm Morgan. We are the hosts of Creeps and Crimes podcast. Every Thursday, Morgan takes us on a deep dive into a paranormal case or a conspiracy theory. And Taylor will bring you a detailed and accurate reporting on a true crime case. Since we launched in 2020, we have never missed a Thursday. With over 160 episodes ready for you to binge, you will never run out of cases. And you can follow along on Instagram at Creeps and Crimes podcast. Whether you're in the car or enjoying a glass of wine, tune in every Thursday to Creeps and Crimes. Let's talk about branding for a second, because you're a branding nerd, but you're also really good at what you do. And I think a lot of people, especially small businesses, would really benefit from hearing what are those like top things that you, I remember years ago, months ago, I don't even, time is a blur, but you said something that like changed my world, which was when you are a brand or a creator or person, 
to have the same image on all social apps. And here I was having three different photos and I was like, oh, the cohesiveness. And it was such a subtle change that I did. And I was like, damn, that was- It is the smallest thing that I think creators and influencers miss the mark on. And I, it's like your logo, like your profile photo is your logo. Like Target's not gonna have 10 different logos across different channels. So I think it's just such an easy way for people to- identify you. And like, that's something that I definitely look at with branding or anybody I talk to. That's like the easiest tip I can give them. But I love that that stuck with you. Yeah, I did say, well, I immediately made the change, but I know that like, when you go onto the get quickies page on Insta, there is a cookie, there is a color palette. There is a font. There is all of these intentional decisions. What is sort of like your advice for somebody who is running a small business and doesn't really understand the branding world beyond, you know, keeping that logo thing or keeping that lead image cohesive across platforms? What are some other things that you have done consistently over the years? Because this isn't your first brand. You have run other digital marketing campaigns for other brands as well. What are sort of like those top things that just really help lend itself to the overall benefits of the brand and that branding? Yeah. I mean, I definitely, as someone who has ADHD too, it's like so easy to want to do everything and like get sidetracked from the original ideas you have for your brand and get very excited by graphics and things like that. But I honestly, I think if you come up with your color story, your typography, which is your fonts and stick to those, like that's what I've done with quickies. You'll always know that we've got like the purple, the oranges. It's a evolved a little bit here and there. Like I've thrown in a little bit of lime green and a darker purple now, but it's still stayed very, very true to the brand since inception. And I think that always just coming back to that across, whether it's your website or your social media or your packaging, like anything should have that same story so that your consumer will always feel like, that's quickies coloring. That's your brand's coloring. Like they become so familiar with it. Cause think of how much we see like on a daily basis. And the more you see something, the more familiar you become with it. So I think that's so important to just really stick to it once you choose it. Yeah. And I mean, we've seen some incredible brands like Luna Bronze who went from black and white packaging and do a total rebrand and shift. And then the entire feed shifted with them. And it was like, there's opportunity to change and like create that change. But I think like that consistency and that original thing. And, and to be honest on this side too, I have a brand, I have a brand package of colors. We have fonts that we use on the blog. We have colors that we use for the podcast. Like there are very consistent intentional choices that are made across platforms, across things that we're doing. And that when we are creating something, we're like, here is our, like, even if I'm doing something with clothing, we're like, here's our color palettes, like that our brand works with, like, how does this all integrate? Because it it does like, ultimately it also, I feel it gives you like that heart of like, this is what my style is. And like, this is what we're doing. And I also love that what it did was create a recognizability for quickies because everyone knew immediately when they were watching Love Island and they saw those get quickie packages on their countertops. How the heck did that happen? How do you get, how do you get from being a small business into getting into the PR world of getting onto a show like Love Island, a show as big as Love Island, and then having the people who are on the show wearing them and then collaborating with the people from the show because they love them so much. How did that all work? I am very FBI scrappy. Like I've always prided myself on that. I always like those internet memes where it's like the FBI needs to hire women. Cause I yeah. think that we just find yeah. anything out. 
So for me, I've always just taken the approach of shooting a shot and I will like go on LinkedIn and find people and LinkedIn is my favorite resource as an entrepreneur. No, and I don't really use it necessarily to like message people on there, to be honest, because I find that a lot of it is very AI robotic kind of messaging, but I will find, say, I wanted to get in touch with someone from like a target buyer. Like I'll go look up target buyers and then I will guess their email until I don't get a bounce back. (laughs) That's like my biggest like little hack is if you're trying to like cold email someone, because I don't want to just email like buyers at target.com. I will like go and search the person and I'll do like their first initial last name at target.com. I'll do their first name dot their last name at target.com or like whatever. And I'll just keep going until I don't get that bounce back. So I know that that's their email and then I'll keep that email on file and I'll follow up. So for me with love Island, it was a little bit of a different approach. Like I was, I'm such a reality TV, like what I love it. And so I was a big fan of love Island. And when I was watching, I think it was season two or three of US. I DM'd one of the girls when she came off the show because she had talked about using press-ons when they're in the villa. Cause I knew on that show that they couldn't go get their nails done. It wasn't like bachelor or something like that, where they do have a little bit more leeway, like they're secluded in a house. So I reached out to her and I was like, I saw that you were talking about press-ons. Like I have a brand. I'd love to send you them. Like no strings attached. I also think something that if you're a business owner and you're trying to like gift product, I never ask for anything. I will gift with no strings attached, like unless I'm willing to pay them for their, like have a true business transaction. I'm just hoping to like send them a product that I love that I think they're going to have genuine interest in. So I reached out to Deb and then her and I, she loved the product and ended up wearing it a ton. And her and I did a collab So when Love Island, the next season was starting, her collab had just kind of launched with us. And I was like, how full circle would it be for you to have your product in the villa? And so she did give me a contact, but I kind of did all the follow-up. So there was like a bit of work on my end, but I did have kind of an in for that one. I'm not going to lie about that, but my approach would still be the same. Like I would go on LinkedIn and find that if if not, and I think it's finding the opportunities that really make sense for your brand because the villa truly did for press on nails because ah. the girls can't get their nails done. So they're either going to bring their own in or they're going to use what's in the villa. And I think that's also why people who were in the villa on the show were using the product because it wasn't like the press ons that you think of. They were actually like yeah. very trendy designs, ones that made sense for the show. I was very intentional about like what I was sending. So. Yeah. I mean, you came out with press-ons that were like under the glazed donut trend. Like you keep coming out with them that are following trends, which is really nice because I, for all the years I've gone to get my nails done, I've never actually had like a nail artist. I did actually years ago. And she, she was like an hour away. It was like another layer of like traveling, but like in the last few years, I haven't had somebody who's like an artist. So you could find some of these trends, but that didn't necessarily mean that you could go into a salon and be like, Hey, I want to have like this trend of a color. It could sometimes be sort of difficult to achieve. So I love that you followed a lot of these trends and allowed people to sort of scoop up on them, even if they were in the press and world and couldn't go into a salon and just choose. The nice part about press-ons is like, it's not the, what I ordered versus what I got kind of situation. Like, you know, your design that you're getting, it's not going to be like you go, cause I've had that before where I've gone to like nail salons and I've been like, can you do this nail art? And it just does not turn out. And then I have to spend like $120. Yeah, for sure. What's the most popular, what's the most popular nail that you've ever sold? 
called Pillow Talk. It is our number one seller. It is just a simple nude short nail. <gasps> but I have a feeling we're going to have a new bestseller and it hasn't launched yet, but I'll give you the tea. It is what you're wearing, but it is in that mini length. Oh, that's gonna, yeah. The, the, here's the thing. I love the long length. They're very gorgeous. However, the short ones, I can, like, they're just flawless oh, I love for so long. Like I've pushed like two and a half weeks with them before. Like they last for so long because you aren't with longer nails. Like the same as the reason that I broke my gel nail or my dip nail when they're long, you jam them into things. That's just the reality of life. Right. So I will say you saved me one hell of an injury because I actually got my nail cut caught on like luggage when I was lifting it and it pulled and then popped off. And all I could think about was if this was a dip, it would have ripped my entire tip of my finger. You, you know, when you've done that before, the way that I have not had one of those oh nail injuries in three years, like yeah. bless. Less because yeah, those are. I'd much most- rather lose a press-on nail than I would my actual nail. Like what I've, I remember years ago we were working at the keg and Ariana did that and like literally went to the ER. Like she was in so much pain, she went to the ER. She was like, I ripped my nail off. It was like, anyways, it was traumatic. I think anybody who's ever like even slightly pulled a nail knows exactly what I'm talking about. But let's transition into the big thing that happened this year, which is you went on Dragon's Den. And I want to know, first of all, when you have a successful business that you're running on your own, why did you choose to go on a, on to Dragon's Den? Was it for exposure or was it for opportunity? Was it for investors? Like what was your why going into Dragon's Den and what was the actual experience? It was something that was never on my radar. I get imposter syndrome very badly around these things. And even like you saying, I have a successful business. I'm like, success is just so individually defined, I think. But I, I don't know why, like to me, I don't feel like I, I, Quickies is great. I'm very proud of it, but I still like have a hard time digesting that sentence. And so I think for me, I was like at a point where I'd never paid myself from the brand. I mean, I'm still really at that point. Like I just, everything's going back into the business because I just really want it to grow so much like and be its own thing. But I actually for Dragon's Den got a DM from a producer and they were like, we think you'd be great fit. Like, have you ever thought of auditioning? And I thought it was a scam because I so reluctant to everything. And I'm just like, I don't think this is real. And I looked at the person's page and it was, she was legit. She had photos on set. And I was like, can I literally just said, can you email me info and gave her my email? I was like, so short. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Interested I was. Yeah. And she emailed me a bunch of stuff and I was just like, okay, do you guys cover flights? Do you cover any of the build out? Like, what am I responsible for? And they're like, we don't cover anything. And I'm like, Okay. So I'm not even paying myself, but now I'm going to have to pay to fly myself to Toronto. I'm going to have to pay to fly myself or like build all these. Cause I've seen the show. I've watched it growing up. Like I love Dragon's Den and Shark Tank. And so I've just seen all these very fancy build outs. And like, I know how much that stuff costs. Like yeah. it's like trade show. You have to basically build like a trade show exactly. display. And also nails are so small. So I'm like, it's going to have to be this yeah. big branded thing. And I told her, I was like, I honestly don't really feel like I'm interested. Like it's going to be a lot of investment that I just don't know is going to have the ROI for me because there's no guarantee I'll even be on the show. Like they cast, I think, or film about a hundred brands and air about 40% of that. Yeah. So it's not guaranteed. And then you could have spent all this money and I could not get a deal and then literally have nothing to take away from it. So 
I kind of like shot it down and she was like, we're doing a Vancouver audition. Just come. You like have nothing to lose. Just come to the audition. And I talked to my dad about it and he was like, just go. And I was like, fine. Okay. And I genuinely, I was so uninterested in this. I laugh about it now because I remember walking into the audition and I hadn't written anything for my elevator pitch. Like I sat in the hallway and I wrote it and memorized it and like put zero effort into it. And then I ended up talking with the producer, like they would take you in groups of threes. And it was kind of in this like open space where they had little curtains that would like section off three different people auditioning at the same time. So you were in a room with other people. And I think like two or three people cycled in and out while I just kept talking to my producer. Cause she was like, so intrigued by the product and the brand and just everything. And she's like next. So this was in February and she was yeah. like, next steps are we'll contact you in April. If you are someone that we've chosen for the show and then you have to be ready to film in May. So like you get basically a month's notice. Wow. And I was like, okay, sounds good. And I kind of forgot about it. And then like April 2nd, I got a phone call and she's like, we chose you. And I was like, oh God, this is real. <laughs> and she's like, okay, so you can like first pick over when you want to film. And so I chose the end of the month so that I had like the most time to get ready. And I will say the process was great. My producer was incredible. Shout out to Alicia. She was amazing. And she really helped me because I was like, listen, I'm not going to spend $10,000 on like a trade show build out. I was like, I will do this, but like, we're going to be scrappy because that's just my nature. And so we, she was like, yep, yeah, no, like we have a props department. You can use whatever you want. I just bought things off Amazon to like display the packaging and then utilized their screen with like photography. But yeah, that was like basically the road to getting there and then filming was a whole day they kind of like put you in a little like it's not even a green room it's like a boxed in like wood wall I don't know yeah and so I was there from 7 a.m to 12 p.m I was the last person to film I was so nervous I was the only person pitching by themselves the day that I was there oh yeah and you know what I just realized you wore purple because it was your brand obviously into that you're so brand nerd brand commitment yeah. No, yeah. but I remember we went out for dinner that night and you're like, I can't say anything. And you just had a little twinkle in your eyes. So I had a good, I had a good feeling, but watching you on the show and like so many people DM'd me that night and they were just like, Oh my God, Bailey is killing it. We watched it in the hotel in Toronto. We were just cheering. Like it was Fallon, Alicia and I, and we were just like freaking out that you were, you just, you nailed like, wow, I just walked into that. You nailed it. You You really like watching back. Did you feel that? Like, did you walk away being like, I think I did a good job. Yeah. Okay. So I filmed in May and it aired in September. And I remember walking away in May being like, I know I just did really well, but like, I kind of also blacked out at the experience. And what aired was like maybe maximum six minutes long. I was in there for an hour. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. So it was like a full hour of Q&A and there was so much they asked me that didn't air. But I remember walking away being like, there was not one question that I feel like I didn't have the answer to or that I like yeah. messed up on, which was my biggest fear. So I felt really good about that. And I was like, whatever airs, I can like take confidence in knowing that like I'm proud of what happened. But yeah, it was... I felt so loved and so supported that night when it 
aired, but it still is just like such a weird imposter syndrome thing. And I don't think I'm ever going to get rid of it, but it's just like people look at that and I don't ever want people to be like, okay, she's got it all figured out. Cause there's so many days I still cry about this business. There's so many days I feel stressed about this. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm like, is this all going to go away tomorrow? Like, I just don't know. So it's, yeah, like, it's cool to have those moments, but I struggle with it a bit too. Cause I'm like, I know what it's like to watch people on TV and think that like their business is this multi-million dollar brand. And I'm just back here still like in my living room working on my couch. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's an untalked about thing because there's this perception that people who are the, especially when you're going on to something like Dragon's Den, you have to present yourself as being like really successful and really smart and having it all together. And there's even when you do like, and you have the imposter syndrome, but you got yourself into the room and you made the pitch and you did really well. And you got not one, but two dragons, just a little in there. You got two dragons. You, it looks like you're set up, but I think what a lot of people, and I've learned this as time goes on and with, and I know you have too, with everybody you meet is that people who have made it quote unquote, through those hurdles, nobody talks about the feeling that comes after, which is when's the other shoe going to drop because the imposter syndrome comes with you into success. And it reminds you that this, you in your brain, sometimes a lot of people don't realize like you almost feel like you scammed your way in. Like how do we, we have so many friends that we know have these feelings. They have wildly successful careers and they have this, like, I don't even know, like, it must be luck. It must be chance. It must be this. It must be that. Like, I don't, I'm not actually supposed to be here. So I'm just riding the wave that I'm on. And what comes with that is the feeling that you never earned it. You didn't deserve it. And at any point it can be taken away from you. And it's something that I think think almost every creator, every celeb, every small business owner I've ever met says a semblance of that. Let's just get into the the nitty grit for a minute because Quickies is how old now? A year and a half. It's a year and a half old. And what would you say is your biggest hopes for the brand? If you're going to put something out there and be like, this is what I would love to see happen, even if I'm not there right now. I want to be in like big box retailers. Like for me, I really want quickies. Because you just Googled how to friggin' find those people and you're emailing (laughs) buyers. I would hope Target. Yeah. Like my dream is to have quickies do a lot of really cool, unique collections for just brands that I love and adore and like where people are already shopping, like Target, Ulta, Sephora. Urban Outfitters, things like that. But I also really want, I like, I know how I'm going to structure it already, but I, I will also definitely be keeping very, very cool, fun, unique things for our community. Cause that is first and foremost to me, but I want to work with beauty brands. I want to connect and collab. Like those are the two words that I think of when I think of the future of quickies is connect and collab and yeah. then continue to offer convenience. Like those are my three C's. So I just want to keep doing that. And I feel like you and I should do a club. So I know uh, we should. I know we keep talking about it. We're going to figure it out in the calendar, but it will help a retailer that I am very excited that has asked to carry quickies. I'll tell you off camera. Okay, I just don't okay, know. Okay. But like, I think it'll be starting next month online. So oh my gosh, well, this is like the kind of thing, like I don't know. I think so many people are sitting in cars with their friends right now and they're talking about this idea that they have and something that they'd love to do. And you're somebody who actually like did it. You actually took the conversation and the idea and the really cool name that you had, which the second you said it, I was like, damn, that's good. 
because you have so many amazing little innuendos with all of your branding, whether it's quickies or just the tip and like the best press of your life, having a quickie in the sky, if you're like doing them on the plane, you have so many like good branding, but you really ran with not just like a good brand, but a great community and a lot of people who would rather spend the money on the small business that's doing the thing than, you know, picking something up at the drugstore from a bigger brand. And like, there's, everyone has their different access points. It's totally fair and fine. And this one is a great one because it sort of threads the needle between, you know, the generic brands that are out there, getting your nails done and being able to sort of like have something that is both less expensive supporting a small business and on trend. So it's a big reason that I'm such a fan because I think it's a really good idea, but also incredible execution. And you've really built a really awesome community of people. I'm just going to say it right now. People who, and people who love press-ons love to talk about it. Like you, you get people to sell it for you because they're like, it's, they're like me. They're like, it's press-on. It's on my hands right now. It is. It's like a fun little flex because people don't believe it half the time. They're like, what? I know. <laughs> I that stereotype they're yeah. expecting something completely different but also we're one of the only canadian press on brands so we ship from canada we have untracked letter mail shipping for 2.99 free shipping on orders over $100 so and also oh, the code so for your listeners we can show that papaya yes, we have it's quickie papaya right papaya quickie or quickie, papaya quickie. quickie. i always get it wrong use i have to be both of them honestly i have both active because <laughs> People, you kept saying it wrong. I was like, I I'm just going to say it other one. It's papaya quickie. Yeah. And honestly, even like I watch Caitlin, like Caitlin, who's like, oh, all over the world, Caitlin Bristow doing all these amazing things, but she became, she didn't just do it because she was your friend. Like she's a quickie fan. I always see her. She'll like literally be on her post. Like a, she was at a Chris Harrison's wedding, putting on her nails. I was like, oh my gosh, like she's a fan. The best part though, is I was just recently visiting her in Nashville and I was like, I love the red nail on you. I was like, are those gel? And she goes, they're quickies. <laughs> I was like, okay, so I don't even know my own product. Cool. <laughs> yeah, she's a diehard. Like she just like, I've never seen her without them in a long ass time. Like that's really cool to see. And you did the same thing with Katie. Katie Maloney from Vanderpump met her, got them on her, did a collab with her. What a cool, like seeing that event with like Stassi and Lala and Sheena and everyone there from Vanderpump for your brand. I was just like, it was the coolest thing to watch how much, because it wasn't the nails that did that. It's the community that you create with people because you somehow have allowed yourself to believe that like everyone I don't know. It's like approachable. It's how we met. You slid into my DMs. You're a hustler through and through, but you're really good at creating friendships and community and making people want to align with you and support what you're doing. And I hope that the people who are listening today check you out. If they didn't see you on Dragon's End, it's such a good episode. And if you're looking to have a little gateway into trying on a press on, try it. The short ones, I think, are honestly the most approachable. The mini length is the most popular length. We do have a size chart too on the product page. I recommend looking at that because obviously everybody has different nail beds and yeah. different lengths will work for them. But if you have any questions, you can DM me, you can DM at get quickies. We will absolutely help you out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I think everyone is, I don't know. It's a, it's a cool conversation. I love your heart and I love your smarts. And I love that we are able to sort of talk about small business. That's like doing all the dang things. And also just my love for press on. So, and my love for you. So thank you so much. I know it's like 
I don't know. What time is it there for you? I'm only 2.40. Oh, okay. It's like it's early. dark out here. It's like 6 p. It's like almost 6 p.m. And it is pitch dark out. So I'm like just chilling here. I'm really over the sun setting at 4.30. I've just got to say that. It is so bad. Actually, when I was in Victoria, it was even worse than here. I was like, it is dark so fast. But you know what's going to bring some sunshine? Fresh nails. So everyone go check out Quickies. <laughs> Is it getquickies.com as well? Yeah, getquickies.com, getquickies. It's getquickies on all channels. And then the brand name is just quickies. Amazing. And then use my code papaya quickie. And you're going to get how much off? I think it's 20%. Ooh, that's a good one. I don't hold back. I don't hold back. All right. We love you. Well, thank you so much, Bailey. And for everyone listening, I'll have that all in the show notes for you as well. We'll see you next week. Bye. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the papaya podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.